Why are you, what are you eating? Starting off the most important episode we've ever done. Most important? With a treat. With a treat. <laughs> what treat is this? A dark chocolate mint Ghirardelli square. Where'd you get that from? CC has me go buy gluten-free bread and tortillas, <laughs> and then she's going to sit over here and eat chocolate with mint in it. Listen. And special, a bit she's doing. It's a special occasion. Because it's 100? Because this is our 100th episode, you guys. It mm. is. James, are you excited for our 100th episode? I am. I'm stoked. To be honest, <laughs> I didn't know if we'd make it this far. <laughs> most podcasts don't. That's true. Yeah. So... Wow, guys. I guess we should introduce ourselves for the 100th time. <laughs> I am Cece. I'm Alex. I'm James. And welcome to the 13th floor. And thank you for listening. Good Lord. 100 episodes and you're you're still here? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thanks for sticking around. If, you just, if this is your first episode, where the hell have you been? <laughs> this is your first episode? <laughs> you have 99 other episodes to listen to. And guess what? You don't even have to start at number one because we are going to redo Lizard People today on the podcast, which was the first episode we recorded. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we started out with probably one of the wackiest conspiracy theories to ever exist. Mm. Yes. And it's we're coming full circle, you guys. We are. Like a snake eating its own tail. Oh. (laughs) Wow, James. Wow. Um, How have you guys been since we recorded last? Been okay. Good. Been feeding my spiders. Yeah, I know. I saw. James, you posted a video. Maybe we can put that on the 13th floor Instagram of you feeding. Which one of your spiders was it? Was it chartreuse? Was it it Thanos? Pumpkin. It was pumpkin. Oh, my gosh. Pumpkin. (laughs) Mm. Did Pumpkin enjoy her meal? She sure did. Mm, delicious. She didn't waste any time on it. Nope. No, she didn't. It looked like you threw that little cricket in there, and like within a second, she was like, Food. Oh, yeah. I think it's weird that you let Pumpkin sleep on your pillow at night, James. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a little bit weird, but you know, what a man does in his own home is his own business. <laughs> Good. Oh, man. So I guess we've been pumping up. Some <laughs> pumping up, up. yeah, hyping up some uh, announcements, right, guys, yeah. for our 100th episode. Yeah. But before we get to that, I do just want to send a very heartfelt thank you to everybody for listening to us this far, listening yeah. to our humble little podcast. Yeah. the The neatest thing about this experience is like when now that we've hit a hundred, it doesn't feel like the three of us hit a hundred episodes. Like there's so many other people that, you know, listen to us that have interacted with us and, and so forth that, you know, it feels like we all made it to a hundred episodes. Yeah. yeah. We couldn't have done it without you because without you, couldn't. the vase would be empty. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> yeah. And the vase, I, I look forward to the next hundred episodes because we have so many topics in this vase yeah. that I can't wait to dig into them. We will be drawing from the vase again at the end of this episode. So just stay tuned. You're going to hear a little... Yeah. yeah. Uh the the 13th floor hallmark. Yeah, the 13th floor hallmark. <laughs> mm. so. All right. So, on to our big announcements you guys. I know you've been waiting for them and it's something that we've been excitedly working on for some time now and planning and all that fun stuff, but we are actually going to be launching James, you want to tell them? Sure. We are we are launching a Patreon. And for those of you who listen to our weekly episodes, 
Nothing is going to change. We are going to be making additional content. And the way it's going to work is, is in order for us to, to put the time and effort into that, we looked at two possibilities, ads versus uh, Patreon. And we, we'd prefer to keep our content uh, as of now ad-free. And so we're going to be doing exclusive episodes and making exclusive merch uh, and also regular merch for, for everybody, but exclusive merch for our patrons and exclusive episodes for our patrons. Uh, three additional episodes a month. Yeah, and on top of that, depending upon what tier you sign up for, you can also have some say in what we talk about Mm -hmm. um, with exclusive voting rights. Mm. That's right. We're going to have an elite option. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So you guys stay tuned. The merch will be ready. The Patreon will be ready come March. So I know that we're still in January, but March will be here before we know it, you guys. We just want to make sure that everything is ready and perfected for you. It'll give us time to really solidify what we want to offer. Yep. And then we'll talk to you all about what you like and don't like. So you guys stay tuned for that. That's, I mean, again, I didn't think we'd make it to 100. Yep. But here we are. We're launching our own Patreon. So high five, babe. High five. High five, James. High five. Clap. I just hit the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) so um you guys now that we've got all of the announcements out of the way do we want to say a happy hello to some of our listeners from around the globe Mm. yep yes all right let me pull up our list of listeners oh the hollow globe that was our second episode you guys yeah we covered flat earth in our second episode oops still feels like it was yesterday Huh. Yeah, yeah, Alex, you got yelled at by somebody. Oh, for- yeah, that was one of our first bad reviews because <laughs> of my attitude towards the hollow earth. Yep. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And in case you need a reminder, or if you're brand new to this podcast, just a reminder Alex is our skeptic, James is our believer, and I'm the in betweener. Yep. So, okay. All right, you guys, we're going to give a happy hello to our listeners. Oops, I'm in Canada right now. Let's say hello to everybody in Ontario. And also here, let's look. Oh, we've got somebody listening in Italy, which I don't know why that makes me so excited, but it does. Because you like pasta. I do love pasta, but also I just want to go to Venice. Me too. Look at that. We got a listener in Japan. We got a listener. We've got listeners in Japan. Oh. Heck yeah. Yeah. And then here in America, Alex, why don't you? Oh, oh, woo. All right, Alex is saying hello to everybody in Montana. So Montana, thank you guys for listening so much, and wherever you are on the globe, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. But yeah, you guys, what's our icebreaker today? What's our 100th icebreaker? Yeah. What is it, James? Don't screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What's your favorite uh, number between one and a hundred? No. Um, <laughs> since, um, since we've come full circle and we're going all the way back, I was wondering, what's the, what's the, what your favorite episode that we've worked on? Each of you. Oh, geez. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Put you on, on the wow. spot. I'm there are so many to choose from. That's a that's a deep one to to to. I'm pulling my memories right now. I'm going through You're my pulling your memories. Yeah, I'm, I'm navigating. <laughs> I'm picturing my, like the Sherlock Mental Mansion. Like that's exactly what I was going to say. Is I'm in my palace, my <laughs> mental palace right now, searching the books. Unfortunately, it's disorganized right now. <laughs> I think that some of my favorite episodes are our cryptid episodes just because I like, you know, when I was in college, I started out as a biology major um, Mm. before I realized that I couldn't do chemistry. I did not know that. 
Yeah, I started out as a biology major for, for a very brief second, um, <laughs> and then I I realized I can't do math with numbers, let alone letters. Hmm. So I said, you know what? I don't know if biology is meant for me. So I switched to telecom. But anyways, hmm. just covering the cryptid, you know, different creatures is always really exciting for me. And that being said, I also love our AI episodes just because one of my favorite mm. icebreaker segments is our AI script reading. Oh, yeah. So, James, mm. what about you? Um, probably just because of the ambiance and just the weird coincidence, our demons episode. Uh, Demon. Because for the, for those of you who haven't heard it uh, listening, uh, some really creepy stuff happens on air uh, while we're talking about demons. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. What yeah. happened on air? I think I the, blocked it out. <laughs> that was another that thing that was so fun about it was you were you were a wreck during the whole episode. Wasn't that the lightning episode? Yeah. That, yeah, was, yeah. Uh, that, was, that was the black shuck. Yeah. I was talking, oh, yeah. that's right. It was the black shuck. That was the one yeah. then. That's the one. That was my favorite. Okay. Mm. You guys, James doesn't even know what he, he – like, <laughs> That was a cryptid episode, by the way, James. Yeah, that's true. I was terrified in Demons episode, but I wasn't <laughs> terrified because of lightning. Alex, That's what's right. your favorite? You know what? I really I like a lot of our cryptids episodes. I really like the Hollow Earth episode, but I think my favorite because I had no idea it even existed was our secret and abandoned cities. Ah, that was a really popular episode too. Yeah, our first one where I talked about Fordlandia. Hmm. I really like learning about Fordlandia. Yeah, <laughs> you guys, the world is so big. There's so much out there to to yeah. learn about, and that's why we're here to talk about weird things like Fordlandia. Yeah, and then there's that one episode I can't remember his name right now, but he was the Swedish Nostradamus. You were all up and about that guy. That's right. Uh, <laughs> all about him. And I, yeah. I, I, you know, we, we we've parted ways lately. Uh, I haven't really thought about him much, but I really liked him. I want to. Look, I want to. Look, I want to look back into him. All right, you guys. Well, you know what? We're we're. Uh, this is something you guys. I've been batch creating content for our 13th floor Instagram, so I'm going to start posting more regularly because you guys life. But I'm going to start posting more regularly, and we're going to ask you what are your favorite episodes. Um, and also, if you guys want to submit a topic suggestion to us, by all means, we're always looking for content. We want to talk about what you guys want to hear about, so you guys can submit your topics via the 13th floor Instagram, our Facebook page on our website, 13thfloorpodcast.com, or on our email, 13thfloorpodcast at gmail.com. Mm. So um, are you guys ready to hop on into our topic today? Yes. <laughs> Alex just said yes in lizard person. <laughs> so I'm going to start us off today, you guys. Let me pull up my notes. Okay. <laughs> and I am going to be talking about some of the mythology surrounding the mm. lizard people theory because FYI, people have been talking about lizard slash snake slash reptile-esque creatures for a very long time, Alex. Yeah, the man, the myth, the lizard. The lizard. <laughs> We're talking like biblical times, James. Oh. Myth. And maybe, <laughs> maybe even before. So the yeah. idea of lizard people just existing isn't too original if you really stop to think about it. But let's talk about the Naga. Mm. Yeah. They're deities that pop up in Hinduism and Buddhism and a couple of other uh, religions. And they're half human, half serpent. Mm -hmm. And there are different varieties depending upon the specific tale that you hear. But a female Naga is sometimes referred to as a Nagi, Nagin, or Nagini. Mm. Yeah, where are all my Potterheads at? 
<laughs> if you uh, if you don't read or follow Harry Potter, which I must ask why, Nagini was Voldemort's snake, and J.K. Rowling actually acknowledged that Nagini was named after the Naga because they were said to be able to transform into humans. Oh. Yes, and Nagini was originally a human woman per Fantastic Beasts. Oh, so, man. Really getting into the lore yeah, here. The lore of Harry Potter. Oof. Yes. But the Noggin mythology are said to live in the underworld, and they can pop up to Earth and change into human forms, which sounds a little reptilian-esque to me. Yeah. Yeah. And in Hinduism, they're viewed favorably for the most part, and they're kind of there to protect treasures. Mm. Treasures. Oh, I wouldn't go anywhere near a treasure protected by a snake because I'm terrified <laughs> of snakes. So they would they would work pretty uh, pretty well for me. But mm. in Buddhism, they're also viewed favorably. In fact, one notable Naga named, and I think it's uh, pronounced uh, Musalinda. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Musalinda. He helped take care of Buddha as he was going through his great awakening, there was a big storm that came and Musalinda shielded him from the elements with his seven serpent heads. Whoa. He was like, he's yeah. like a little umbrella for Buddha. But if you actually stop and look at art in Asian countries from way back when, you'll see a lot of snakes and half person, half reptile beings. Mm-hmm. They're all over the place. So for centuries, some have truly believed that reptilian creatures have been around. Mm. Wow. Yeah, there's actually a, a pl- place in India called Nagaland, and oddly enough, nowadays it's the Buddhist capital or Buddhist capital, Baptist capital of the world, if I remember right. But originally, and it's still believed in, in some parts of it, uh, that the people there actually descended from the Naga, and that's what's called Nagaland. Oh goodness! Well, when I personally think of reptilians, I picture a person that just looks like they have a lizard head. Uh So I feel like that's what I've seen most often, but maybe they're covered in scales. Throughout history, though, there have been reptilians depicted very differently than that. So, you know, you've got the Gorgons in Greek mythology, Mm. like Medusa, which are, they're women with snakes for hair, which sounds awful to me. (laughs) Um, In ancient Egypt, you've got Wadjet, and she is a cobra goddess who protected the kings in the Bible, you'll remember there was that one snake that convinced Adam and Eve to eat the apple in the Garden of Eden. And I know that most realize it was a serpent who tempted Eve, not necessarily a serpent person. But something everyone might not know is that serpents prior to the fall of Eden did not look like snakes today. And it's not explicitly clear what they looked like. So they may have actually walked on two legs like a person. Who knows? You know what I mean? Yeah. All I do know is that God punished the serpent by cursing it to crawl on its belly for the rest of eternity. Mm, yeah. That. And this is a sidebar, but Thanksgiving time, Alex and I actually discovered a show called Swamp People Serpent Invasion. <laughs> have you ever seen it, James? I have not. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's about these guys. Who, they normally hunt gators in a series, but in this series, they're actually looking for invasive snake species in Florida. Oh, uh. holy cow. You guys, I really like that show, even though it gave me the willies. Yeah, they to catch see the everything big by hand. Yeah, they catch Swab. them all by. Oh my gosh. It's totally it's, not necessary. For the record, totally uh, everybody who doesn't know, uh, Cece is an ophiophobe. She is afraid of snakes. I'm horrified of snakes, but. But her liking the show, she's like, oh. Yeah, God. I was wa- watching the show and I was like, maybe I. Like, they make so much money catching those snakes. And I was <laughs> like, what if I could do that? 
Oh, maybe yeah. I can, maybe I can overcome my fear of snakes by catching the big, big ones. The big python with those little things. Mm. Like, ah. <laughs> but ten out of ten, I would definitely recommend that show if you haven't seen it. It's only ten like four out episodes. Of ten. ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> that was how I spent my Thanksgiving twenty twenty. You guys was watching uh, a half naked man catch <laughs> catch snakes in Florida. Okay, so anyways. Back to our topic. Uh, across cultures, sometimes reptilian creatures are viewed favorably, as I said, and then in others, they're viewed negatively. And I feel like nowadays in Western cultures, reptilians are almost always viewed as good for nothing, power hungry mother truckers. You know what I mean? They're mm, creepers. Yeah. Yuck. And Alex is going to be talking about the reptilian conspiracy kind of with regards to politics and stuff like that. Right? Yeah, right. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But before I pass the torch off to you, Alex, I would like to make note of an article I read posted by The Atlantic back in 2013 mm. by a guy named Philip Bump. So anyways, uh, it actually outlines some indicators. What's <laughs> so funny? <laughs> it indicates uh, – it outlines some indicators that you can look for to help you identify supposed lizard people while you're out and about. And it's important to note, and Alex is going to kind of actually cover this – as did Bump in his uh, article, but wait, this was the Atlantic. The Atlantic, James. Was it? Yes. Set? Okay. It, it it was. 2013 was a different time, James. <laughs> it, it, it was written very facetiously. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, was, that's what I was wondering. There was right. some serious sarcasm going on yeah. at certain points in this article. You guys will see at the very end how sarcastic it was, but Bump specifically refers to the theory that reptilians. He actually says that it's theorized that they can possess and take over a human body if desired, which I think Alex is going to touch on. So here are some things that you can look out for when trying to identify lizard people in your neighborhood, okay? One, the person in question has green or hazel eyes that sometimes change colors, but they can also have blue eyes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Two, on top of the eye color, their eyes must also be, quote, piercing Okay. Oh. They can stare daggers through you. Three, they've got reddish hair. Oh. <laughs> it, it wouldn't be a lizard people episode if we didn't make at least one reference to Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> it's all I'm picturing now. <laughs> well, yeah, just wait, James. Four, they have low blood pressure. Five, they have a deep compassion for the fate of mankind. And perhaps this is why they want to work in politics so often, you mm. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Six, they may have experienced a UFO or alien connection. By the way, I think I spotted an, a UFO when we were driving to Kentucky last week. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't tell you about it because you were listening to a podcast, but we were driving. <laughs> you didn't want to tell me about a UFO you saw. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I saw this blinking red, like, white dot in the sky, and it blinked a couple times, and I was like, oh, it's just, you know, one of the little... Satellites? The towers? Sa the towers. No, it was yeah. like a tower. And then it just disappeared <clears throat> completely. And then I realized it was too high to be a tower. Maybe it was a plane. It wasn't a plane. It disappeared completely. It was gone. Mm, yeah. It was an alien. You, you, you're the person that gives the, their account of the story, and then the person's like, and you really didn't lean over to anybody in the car and go, I think I saw a UFO. I thought to myself, I'm being crazy. And then I looked over at you, and you were like giggling to yourself, listening to your little <laughs> video game podcast. And you know so what I was, I was like, listening to? Whatever. Okay, number seven. <laughs> uh, lizard people have a sense of not belonging to the human race. Mm. 
Uh, eight, they might have ESP or other psychic abilities. I don't know how you can just like capture that from a glance at somebody. You just ask them. You just ask them. So that, yeah, <laughs> if you guys are ever wondering if somebody you know is a lizard person, be sure to ask them if they have ESP or other psychic abilities. Mm. Nine, they have keen sight or hearing. So count me out of being a lizard people. <laughs> I ain't got either of those two things. Wait, but lizards, do they have keen sight, James? Um, These ones do. Most of them do, actually, yeah. And, oh, uh, really? What as about for their, hearing? their hearing, though, I was about to say, hearing is a much more mixed bag. Usually they're just better at detecting vibrations more so yeah. than hearing. So maybe that person sitting next to you at Starbucks can detect vibrations. I don't know. Mm. Okay, number 10. They have unexplained scars on their body flesh. Mm. Body flesh. Body flesh. 11. They love space and science. Okay. Except sure. for the piercing eyes. This is all a little too relatable. I, James, just hold on. Hold on. <laughs> and lastly, lastly, they have the power to disrupt electrical devices oh, James snap yeah yeah when I read this one I instantly thought of you messing up all the self-scan checkouts when we were at Kroger that one time buying lasagna do you remember that I do yeah uh, James was like before we walked up he's like just just a note sometimes when I get near you scans they'll stop working so if it stops working just ask for help and I was like oh whatever James like you're just being crazy <laughs> and then we walked up to the you scan and not two seconds of us being in front of it, it glitches out and says, you know, ask for help. Mm, yep. James? Yeah, James. What do you have yeah, to say? No, you got some explaining to do? It. No, that's... <laughs> what? You got some explaining to do? <laughs> yeah. I've got some unexplained to do. <laughs> well, the website actually had a reptilian calculator where you could check to see <laughs> if you're a reptilian. <laughs> and I... I calculated things for you, James. And according to Philip Bump, <laughs> you are indeed a reptilian. So, <laughs> Good yeah. To know. So that you guys, that is one another one of our big announcements today on the show. <laughs> we want to let you guys know that you are listening to the first podcast featuring a reptilian <laughs> being. Oh, that you know, James. Mm. Yeah, the, it's been confirmed. Yeah, yeah. But also disclaimer. Um, Alex, I also ran you through it because I know that sometimes you have reddish hair when the light hits it a certain way. Oh, okay. Um, and according to Philip Bump, you are also a reptilian. <laughs> <laughs> so take with that quiz what you will. According to his criteria, everyone. Everyone is a reptilian. Is a reptilian. So, Alex, I think I'm finished with my spiel. So, for a brief amount of time, your research and mine were overlapping. <gasps> oh. And I looked into where he sourced this information. The criteria. Yeah. And the guy who created this list in this final paragraph of this little write-up he did, he says, I don't know if I really believe in this. <laughs> yeah. He, at least Philip Bump was very straightforward with his thoughts and opinions. Well, that was I just covering his bases. They didn't want, you know, what would happen is he would just become mysteriously vanished by someone witnesses claim mm. could unhinge their jaw all the way. All right. So... All right, yep, so I had more lizard people. You know, these six scaly scoundrels. The creepers. That's right, they are creepers. <laughs> and, you know, I I think they're a little more complex than a lot of us think, maybe initially. I just, I just picture them 
I almost said going commando, but that's not what I was going to mean. <laughs> Hiding in plain sight beneath a fleshy, maybe even plastic exterior. Ooh. Yeah. We've seen those government officials. We know that skin doesn't look real. They get home, they take their mask off, and they sit in front of their fire with a cigar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't. Yeah. So there's different tiers of lizard people. There's pure bloods. And they, these are the, the pure bloods have unique abilities, such as like shape shifting, mind control, and they can even kind of make you see illusions. Ooh. Yeah. And then there's the hybrids, the lessers. They look like humans, but their human genes allow them to be completely controlled by the pure blood ruling class. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So there are even claims that the purebloods have genetically manipulated some other humans in order to directly control them. Like, you know, like, hey, Clintons, let me manipulate your one of your children so I can get into your family. Oh, my gosh. Or something like that. Um, so David Icke actually had this. Ike. David Icke, yep. Oh David God. Icke has this long excerpt that I found on MysteriousUniverse.com. From this article called Obey and Bow Down to Your Alien Overlords. <laughs> so Ike said this. It's pretty long, but he actually makes a lot of points pretty concisely, which is why I think he has somehow generated this entire lizard phenomenon. Yeah. Because he's able to kind of condense this into a relatively palatable thing. <laughs> so let me read this. I think you're going to understand the lizard people in a new way. And maybe you realize you're one of them. Oh. So these reptilians and their allies have corrupted Earth DNA with their own, and this genetic infiltration lies dormant until it is activated by the vibrational fields generated by the Illuminati secret society rituals. Oh my gosh. And others in the public eye, like the carefully designed coronations and official ceremonies of many kinds including even the UK state opening of parliament and certainly those of various religions. Once activated, the DNA opens the body to possession by these reptilians and other beings. And this is what is happening. For example, to Freemasons in the rituals that most of them deliver in a parrot like fashion while having no idea of their vibrational significance. So the people are, are doing these rituals, not really understanding what they mean, and it's causing them to be allowed to be possessed by the purebloods. My question Whoa. here, and maybe this will come up in a minute, yeah. but do you have to be standing next to a purebloods? No. Uh, in fact, you know what's interesting about that? I would, I would, I'd say a hundred percent shenanigans, except for two things. One, the Vatican's most recent nativity scene. Oh yeah, holy moly, so weird. that was weird. And. Two, uh, the, the burgeoning field of epigenetics, where certain actions cause certain genes to turn on. Oh, interesting. Ooh. Yeah, and so he goes on to say that this is why the Illuminati are so obsessed with knowing a person's bloodline. They know which have the potential for this activation and possession and which do not. The Mormon Church genealogical database, and now the DNA databanks are designed to identify those with the bloodline. So everyone's kind of getting in on it. These are the people who are given jobs and roles that serve the Illuminati agenda. While most of them have no idea what is really going on or what they're being used for, their DNA is then activated and they go through a change of character. 
a phrase I have heard so many times in relation to such people once they advance in the system. So you ever know somebody and they just come back and they're like suddenly no, like someone who is aimless in life and then suddenly they They have have determination. That's a lizard person. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so every slacker who gets their ducks in a row is a <laughs> exactly, and uh, he says that a very different consciousness takes over their mental and emotional processes. Each new generation of Illuminati bloodline families is exposed to the appropriate ritual to activate their possession by the reptilian entities, and so the cycle goes on. And he says, and the phrase that comes to mind is, "Forgive them, for they know not what they do." What? Yeah, so these these hybrids are constantly manipulated and influenced by the pureblood ruling class for their own agenda. And Ike claims that there are two different races, even, of reptilian, which I had no idea. There's the Dracos and the Reptoids. So, the Dracos <laughs> are... The Doctor Who. Is it Dracos or Dracos? Probably Dracos sounds more in line yeah, with it. So, the Dracos good. actually have wings. They can fly. Yeah, they've been drinking Red Bull. Are they... Are they? So, that's... The Dracos are a hybrid or are they the purebred? Dracos are purebred, just like the Reptoids. Just like Harry Potter. Mm. Right. The, the only thing is, I guess they have different appearances. But as far as I can tell... One's not over the other, but I would think, well, I guess one's literally over the other because it has wings, so it can fly over the other one. But but I couldn't find anything that indicated there's a hierarchy with like between the winged and the non-winged. Okay. So. (laughs) um, Assuming the winged are higher up the ladder. Let's face facts. I would think so because they look cooler. So we know fashion's everything. (laughs) (laughs) So we know reptilians are very fond of taking over the wealthiest and most powerful families and secret societies in the world, right? They're they're jumping in, they're involved, they've got their hands in the mud, so they say, corrupting everything around them. And the Illuminati again is considered reptilian central. This is where they all hang out. This is where they all party. They plan, plot their world domination. Well, they've already. Reptilians, if you go by the theory, is they already dominate the world. Yeah. They're not plotting it. They've already done it. They're already there. And they're just pulling the strings whenever they see someone. It's like, oh, that's my cousin's 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 cousins. I can manipulate them because they have this similar DNA to me. <laughs> oh, dear. These alleged reptilians are are seen as manipulating these certain people, according to this article. George Washington. Abraham Lincoln. The Rothschild family, the British royal family, the Pope. It just says the Pope, so I guess that just means all, all of, of them. the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know all your typical presidents, uh, presidents. Even even Trump is now considered a reptilian. Is so, he really? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I guess if they can take over anybody they want. Well, exactly. So finally, Trump is now considered a reptilian. You go, Britney Spears, Justin Bieber, anyone you can think of. Is a reptilian because anyone who can has any sort of power, reptilian. Oh my! Yeah. <laughs> I was basking on a rock, and crooked Hillary stole my basking rock. <laughs> so, so we we kind of mentioned this in our initial episode, hundred episodes ago. 
Maybe that was mm-hmm. hyperbole. <laughs> <laughs> so the media is obviously accused by Ike as being highly influenced by the reptilians because they like to, they, as we've mentioned in our first episode, they feed on the negative emotions. They're gatekeepers. They love it. They're gatekeepers. They like to manipulate us. They like to make us dumb. They like to do all these things to manipulate us and force us to do pretty much nothing about it. And as far as I can tell, they're completely succeeding. Yeah. They know what they're doing. That was actually, you know, negative news is actually the reason I got out of the news industry. Yeah. Mm. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they even seek to use medication, drugs, alcohol to manipulate us and just apparently even the water supply is there doing the chemicals in it. The fluoride? The fluoride. Yeah. So the domination and shadowy manipulation of these creatures kind of makes sense. I mean, especially the Illuminati portion. And that's because some theories point to these lizard people being here for a very long time. Like you mentioned, Cece. Yeah. Even the Anunnaki. Do you know anything about the Anunnaki? I talked about them in our first episode. <laughs> Anunnaki. Anunnaki. Well, James mentioned to me doing research on them, so I'm going to leave it there. James, what do you have uh, for us? <laughs> I've got a bit of a mixed bag. Um, first of all, I'd like to, to posit a, a little theory. Uh, and by the way, this is not one that I'm lending my own personal credence to. I'm just It's just a theory, just a thought experiment, whatever. Um, we know for a fact that mammals and birds diverged from reptiles. In fact, we know that birds are pretty much just reptiles with feathers. Dinosaurs. Um, I know Henry yeah. the host will give me a hard time about this. They're dinosaurs. Okay, yeah, Henry. yeah. Chickens are, are the closest relative alive to the T-Rex, uh, as far as I know. So we know that, that mammals diverged at a certain point, that hair and feathers came from a reptile ancestor, that that's where that came from. And we know that parts of the human mind are very similar in structure and purpose to a reptile's. And in fact, I think that's where the fear of lizard people comes from, because, you know, uh, what, what happened ultimately with human evolution is reptiles became more paternal. You see this with alligators and crocodiles. And then upon the evolution of birds, they became uh, more capable of affection with one another and, and social structures. You know, you really see that oxytocin um, at, at work there, the love molecule. And then with mammals, that gets cranked up a ton with parental care, with family units, with forming cohesive social groups. And then when you get to people, like we're the only creatures capable of abstractly thinking about loving everyone. Like so, if you if you look at it, the, the evolution from from reptiles to humans, one of the biggest biggest points to be made is just the power of love. I know that sounds like super cheesy, but really, and so the idea that something could evolve separate from that, you know, a similar evolutionary tree, like a mirror or a shadow of humanity, that takes on the physical features that we have, but internally. That love, that that oxytocin, the, the the desire to help others and do good is absent. So in some ways, I would argue that lizard people are more like a Jungian shadow of humanity or even the antithesis of what a person is. Ooh. That's Jeez, what I James. think makes them <laughs> that's what I think makes them so scary uh, to people. But it's also 
kind of interesting thinking about the Anunnaki, which, by the way, we're going to cover in much greater detail whenever we draw it from the vase. Um, if you look at most cultures, and Cece's uh, pointed this out, the the idea of reptiles and humans has not really been all that negative. And in a previous episode, I mentioned that one of the biggest predators for humans, or not humans, but uh, uh, primates, has been snakes. And so this idea of snakes being scary to people um, has a lot of biological relevance. But if you look at human myths, snakes are more often or not, uh, with the exception of the Bible, symbols of immortality. And reptiles are usually not seen in a very negative light at all. They're usually seen in a positive light. Well, Mm. that reminds me of the Anunnaki because let's pretend that there's two ways of looking at this. One, lizard people evolved alongside human beings as, like in our predator episode, as sort of a a camouflaged predator as a, as a means of avoiding detection and preying on people. And they're still doing it today with amazing expertise. Well, the other possibility is the opposite, which is they're not from here. They're from somewhere else. They're from another world, another dimension even. And there you could even argue, like with Alex was talking about, about uh, altering human DNA, in this case through interbreeding, well, what if they altered us entirely to the extent that you could argue they created us? And that's where we kind of get into this idea of the Anunnaki. The Anunnaki are not a malevolent group, generally speaking. In fact, the idea of a malicious reptilian race really came from like early 20th century, like flipping Conan the Barbarian type stuff, and then was popularized by David Icke much, much, much later. Well, If we look at the oldest civilization, one that we really didn't know anything about almost up until the 20th century, the Sumerians, uh, the oldest of all the Mesopotamian civilizations, around 2100 BC, so thereabouts, uh, during the reign of, of Gudea, all of a sudden there's inscriptions, all of a sudden there's writings, all of a sudden there's artwork showcasing deities who have sort of reptilian features. And it's where we first hear the word Anunnaki. And it's ascribed to seven deities. How interesting is that? You know, that's something that we, yeah, we see that all the time in in humanity. Uh, Seven deities who have probably the the most metaphysical power of any being. Uh, So in other words, in Sumeria, there's lots and lots and lots of deities ranging in an hierarchy, but at the very tip top, you've got seven. And they are judges of the underworld. They are masters of reality. And the term used to describe them is Anunnaki, and they have reptile-like features. And that's about all we know about them for the most part. Uh, they're also associated with certain stars and planets, like the sun and Venus and whatnot. But again, Very little is known about the Sumerians. But from there, we have the Babylonians and the Assyrians. And they, 100%, I mentioned before, judges of the underworld. Well, now they're 100% underworld deities, which kind of reminds me of the Naga, because the Naga live in the Naga Loki, and that's under the earth. So there's a commonality there. With them, you have uh, Ereshkigal. And she is the queen of the underworld, which is also interesting to me because I don't think I've ever seen a mythology where uh, the underworld is ruled over by a woman or a female besides the Mesopotamians. I can't think of any. 
presently. Mm. But anyway, in this instance, she drinks water with the Anunnaki. That's referenced in uh, a uh, story called Inanna's Descent, which is about an individual going to the underworld. And just any of the depictions of them, though, as mentioned, are not negative. These are not bad things. Um, there are instances where certain people have to do uh, forms of labor for the Anunnaki, but it's not like slavery and it's not subjugation and it's not a bad thing. Now, here's where I think it gets really fun, though. Uh, as I mentioned, the negativity, generally speaking, with lizards in mythology is usually relegated just to the Bible. Um, but there's something that the Epic of Gilgamesh has in common with the Bible, and that is that there is a great flood. And like the Bible, there's a survivor. But his name isn't Noah. It's Utnapshim or something like that. I can't really say it that great. <laughs> but he's actually immortal. And guess how he describes them? As the seven judges of the underworld. So very similar to the previous civilizations. Um, and then whenever the flood you know, actually arrives after he's predicted it, Ishtar, who's a very important deity, and she is actually the same deity, really, as Inanna, as I mentioned before, in Inanna's descent. They actually, the Anunnaki and Inanna, or Ishtar in this case, actually weep over the the mass human genocide that occurs, you know, from the flood. So they're they're mourning the death of people. They they care about humanity on some level that is a little difficult to understand just because we don't have that cultural perspective on Mesopotamia. We, you know, it, it's very difficult to garner with the values and thoughts of our people, but it's very evident from this story that the Anunnaki have a benevolent role and that they clearly care about humanity. And I'd also like to mention in closing that I work for them. No. Um, <laughs> but it's it's really peculiar that that's where it starts. It, it's it literally the, the lizard people argument. People say it's a 20th century conspiracy theory. But the idea of powerful reptilian beings that control a lot of things that we don't see going on, you could argue an underworld of sorts, an underbelly, uh, that starts with one of the oldest peoples to have ever left their mark on the world. It's true. The, the lizard people theory has been around for a very long time. And prior to recording this, like I knew it was a long time, but I didn't realize how far back it actually mm. went. Yeah. yeah. At, at least four millennia. At least four millennia, Alex. Did you hear that? Yeah. I did. <laughs> I so you guys, wow. Um, lizard people, 100 yeah. episodes. We're here. 100 we episodes. I will walk 100 miles and I will walk 100 more just to meet a lizard person at the <laughs> I was wondering grocery store. You guys, we did it. Oh my God. That was 100 episodes. We're looking forward to do 100 more. Do you guys want to yeah. say anything else before we draw from the vase? Thanks for coming along for the ride. Yeah. And we look forward to riding further with you. This is ride or die. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you guys ready? Oh, yeah. We got to get the vase. Stir it up. Stir it up. Pull one out. There's more and more hair ties in here. I put Every them in there. <laughs> end of the day. All right, you guys.
Next week, we are talking about, ooh, pirates. 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 And this topic actually comes to us from Nathan from Topeka. Oh. I feel like we've had another topic submitted from Topeka before. Maybe. Have we? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, man, that's going to mess with our whole rating system, though, because normally our, our stuff's, like, really kid-friendly, but this one's going to have to be rated R. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, that's what you have to look forward we to had, in our we next had, episode. <laughs> we had a great run, everybody. <laughs> uh, 100 episodes. <laughs> um, do you guys want to hear some fun facts about Nathan? Oh, yeah. I actually, when he submitted this topic, I wrote some specifically for him. Oh, wow. I mean, I mean, he, I asked him for his, um, his fun facts. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, are you good? Here, wait one second. Okay. Here we go. Okay. His favorite TV show, you guys, is Gallivant. Do you remember that show? That musical? Yeah, the, the Middle musical, Ages Middle musical? musical. Yeah, it got canceled before it got, the end of it. It got canceled. The first season was good, though. Okay. And then his life motto is, Nathan, what is on your side? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> this really is the last episode. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> so, you guys, if you want to hear some fun facts about you or you want to submit some fun facts, by all means, submit us those topics. Send them to mm. us so that I can come up with fun life models for you, too. Um, Alex, who does our music? Our music is by Grant Cook. You can find his music on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, anywhere you listen to music. Bees. So I guess <laughs> until next time, you guys, we hope that in episode 101, until then, that you can keep, keep it I was basking on a rock, and Crooked Hillary stole my basking rock. (laughs)